Welcome to Finding Your Identity, the podcast about helping you find your identity. Welcome back to Finding Your Identity. This episode is episode 23, and it's actually, um, let's see, what's it going to be about? Eh, I don't know, maybe whatever comes to mind. It's going to be a little bit of the rantings of Mr. Derek because there's things I like to rant about occasionally. And it's not even really a rant, but you might not even want to uh, pay attention. But you should pay attention because it's interesting. But maybe it's not going to be interesting. Who knows? It's going to be full of randomness. And you're probably wondering what the heck I'm talking about. So I'm actually going to do this episode about generations. So what does that mean? Not like Star Trek, Generation, Next Generation, or whatever, you know, but the generations of people like how we fit into different generations in our life in it and it's based purely off of when we were born what year you were born and the years that you're born and and the time period that you're living through and it usually spans I think at least 10 to 15 years maybe up to 20 years I I will get into that in a minute I'm going to provide some details about it, but it's not so much about the details of the generations. I mean, I'm going to provide what the generations are called and the years in which they span. But I also, you know, have some some thoughts that I want to share about how people kind of fit into them and how I actually don't really like the classification of generations. And I'll tell you why I don't like that. So hang tight. That's what this episode is going to be about. You know, I'm encouraging people to listen and not listen and listen, but keep listening, but don't really listen, but listen, because it's that kind of an episode where, you know, some people might like it because I'm going into uh, an area where I'm, I'm going to be pretty opinionated about this. So hang tight. Okay, so generations. What am I talking about? I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm here for you to tell me. Oh, wait, no, that's not how it works because this is not a two-way microphone type of thing. It's not a phone. It's got the word phone in it. Anyways, it's here's the definition from Wikipedia. A generation is all the people born and living at about the same time regarded collectively it can also be described as the average period generally considered to be about 30 years i see i was a little off on the numbers during which children are born and grow up become adults and begin to have children of their own so you know you think of generations i i think of generations is in terms of you know i remember one time when i was visiting my father and my grandfather was there and we were all 
doing some work outside. I think we were building a chicken coop or something. But it, it was kind of cool to think that there were three generations of, of McKinney guys there. And, you know, it's it's funny because that's essentially how the, the generation is, is defined in a sense. And you think of it as, you know, generations in terms of, you know, how you're classified in, in some people think of this, but uh, this is how marketing people think of you, you, and I, I'm pointing directly at you because marketers classify this. Now, remember my background degree is in marketing. So, you know, you're, you're kind of forced to study this stuff, but generations, they, they're essentially, you know, ways to target. If you look at a generation and you look at them from a demographic perspective, you can target people based off of the generations because generally speaking, they like the same things. They have similar, you know, tastes. So, you know, what you find is when you're trying to, to market something to a group, you're, you're classify them, classifying them by age range. And essentially by doing that, you know, you're fitting them into some kind of generational space, time space. And, you know, for instance, the the most common people probably have heard of, even if you're younger. Well, I'm gonna say there's two. It's millennials, which is the hot topic, you know, in politics these days because it's they're thrown all over the place. And you know, the the term millennial and and you know, there's a certain connotation behind the term millennial. So you you got millennials, and that that one's popular. Then you hear baby boomers, you know, because baby boomers were this massive generation, uh, you know, 70 something million people that fit in that generation. And it was the largest generation for a long time until, till the millennials. And, you know, because of that, it, it's in, in essence, you know, such a large generation that most people have kind of heard of it, you know, and forget about the, the, generation Y, which came after that. And, you know, that is always kind of looked at as a, as a method for, for, uh, not generation Y generation X boy. Um, I'll get, I'll get into that in a second. Um, generation Y is more, it's a generic term, uh, to describe the next coming generation anyways. So the, the baby boomers kind of being such a big generation, you know, when it, and really, you know, that, that started. So kind of, I guess I'm getting right into the, the weeds here with, with what it was, but the baby boomers, you know, they were, you know, the generation that, that essentially was born after world war two. So the soldiers came home and they married and they bought their houses and they had a bunch of babies and you know that was kind of how you celebrate ending a world war so you end up with a bunch of kids and you get a huge generation of kids now you know that that time frame is 1946 to 1964 you know my my father was in that generation and you know it, like it, it kind of it, it's funny to me to, to think about it because there's Essentially, that generation, which was kind of raised after the great generation or, or um, you know, well, I guess it wasn't they weren't the 
that generation before the baby boomers wasn't necessarily the great generation, but the the one they actually call the greatest generation was, you know, the the ones who actually fought in World War Two. So they, you know, they were all born between 1901 and 1927. So that's the baby boomer generation. I'm sorry, that's the the greatest generation i'm all over the place let me just start from the beginning let me let me just start from when they started you know classifying as generations and and you know there was this period of time between 1883 and 1900 dubbed the lost generation and you know it, it's kind of interesting it, it typically there's somebody who kind of coins the term but they were the generation that that essentially grew up and fought in World War One. Now the you know the thing about that is based off of that age range, you know everyone's pretty much gone. Well, no, everyone is gone. <laughs> not pretty much. You're either dead or you're not dead, I guess. But uh, you know they've all they're all deceased by now because that you know the last ones that were born in 1900. You know that's uh, what's that. 119 years so that would be a little crazy although i think you know there were a couple people who might have been around you know like in the last 10 years who who actually died from that generation but they're all deceased and that generation you know they went through through world war ii again went through world war one sorry and as they, you know, they completed that, there was like the gap between the wars and, and they, you know, they had children and, you know, their children who were all born, born you know, in 1901 19, through 1927, you know, they, those are the ones that were part of that greatest generation and that ended up growing up to fight in World War Two. Now, um, you know, t- kind of to credit like uh, Tom Brokaw, who, he's the one who actually kind of popularized that term, uh, the greatest generation. He wrote a book by that name. Now, it's kind of interesting because there's a generation squeezed in between there called the silent generation. The silent generation. I think you're supposed to whisper it. Uh, it feels like you should. But. You know, they were born between 1925 and 1942, and it includes some people who fought in World War II, but most of them fought in the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Kind of noticing this pattern when they first started kind of putting together these these groupings, you know, they're kind of tied to wars in a sense, you know, and and it makes a lot of sense, you know, because... Those were significant events in U.S. history. And also note that, you know, this is the categorization uh, by the Western world, you know, you know, the Americas and Europe in the Eastern world, you know, as they call it, is, you know, the Asian countries, China, Japan, you know, they kind of have different different classifications for their generations. Now, you got to imagine they, they experience things from a di- way different perspective, you know, different culture lived through things a lot differently i mean japan japan obviously they got the short end of the stick when it came to the war there you know um but 
the baby boomers, which were the largest generation, you know, they, they, I think, I think people who were really kind of, you know, coming up with these names, these things came up kind of after the fact. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, they kind of, baby boomers, that's a good name. We're going to call the other ones. Uh, I don't know, silent generation. Those guys in World War II, they were great, you know. Um, and those lost ones, the lost generation, you know, kind of theme seems, (laughs) seems kind of funny to me, but anyways, so that leads us next to generation X. Now, generation X is, uh, you know, another generation that was, you know, they were born following world war two and between 46 to 64, nope. They were born between the 1960s and the early 1980s because, you know, they couldn't be born during the same time as the baby boomers. That would be weird and unethical. But Generation X, you know, the the 60s, they were born in the 60s. They weren't, so, you know, the baby boomers are the ones who went through the 60s, 70s, were like during the rebellious era, during the protests of the Vietnam war, you know, they were having kids and, you know, these kids, these genera- generation Xers are between, you know, the sixties and, and they say the early eighties, <clears throat> this is where it bothers me because I technically fall in that grouping, you know, generation X, but they also classify millennials as, you know, between the early 1980s, and you know mid to 90s early 2000s and they put that kind of loose grouping on it so if in some places you look it up and like i was born in 81 so they'd say between 81 and 2000 is a millennial you know or maybe like 2002 like some places would say that but then you look and it sees gen x which is you know 60s to 81 like I've seen it that way too, like 61 to 81. Some people maybe I guess want to be a little bit more precise than say this Wikipedia <laughs> that's, you know, generalizing the dates a little bit more. But that's the thing, like in some cases you, I fall right there where I'm considered genera- generation X and technically considered a millennial and I don't want to identify with the millennials. And this is where I have to inject my opinion because I feel like maybe millennials got a bad rap because they've just been kind of targeted. And, and I think sometimes of the millennials are the ones who basically they say they just live at home with their parents and they don't have a job. They're in their late 30s, you know, while they're doing this. And you know, I, I have a problem being classified as that because, you know, I was working since I was, well, when I was cleaning houses for my grandmother, like, you know, nine, 10 years old, but officially working on the books, I, you know, as soon as I could get a job, which was 16, I was working and, you know, basically working ever since and only a few periods in my life where I actually took a break. And so, and and then the period of time when I actually, you know, moved out on my own and I was, I was only 17 years old and I had an apartment and I was supporting myself. And so like, I take offense to just the automatic classification that 
millennials all are kind of fit in that group. And I, I know it's kind of silly to think that sh- that classification should mean everybody, but when you got somebody like, like from a political side, you know, who's out there, who's in that generation and causing a stir and you know, they're like, Oh, you know, this is how, this is the millennials. This is the new wave of, of politicians, these millennials. And, and you get, just automatically grouped in because oh yeah well i was born in that same range so i'm a millennial like by definition so that makes me crazy like this crazy politician lady like that's just kind of ridiculous to me you know because i'd rather say well i was from generation x even though generation x was probably not even better because these classifications all to me seem pretty arbitrary doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are but you're being marketed to as if that is the case, you know, I mean, I was always like being marketed to for like cell phone cases for, for like the Nokia phones. Like I just remember, I don't know why that just stands out, but you know, my point is, you know, you were getting the, you were getting bombarded with like the flashy cases. Like you needed one for every day of the week or one to match every outfit you had or something like that. As if that was like a, a, you know, the millennials, like all of them want it like that, you know, but so, so the marketers, they, they try to hit the biggest, broadest, you know, reach. Right. So they just kind of group everything in. I, I didn't have phone case. I had practical phone cases. That was my deal. Like I needed something practical because I wasn't about to spend, you know, whatever, a couple hundred dollars at the time, $200 on a phone was a lot of money. Now it's like, I wish I could pay two hundred dollars for for my phone you know like i've got a a note nine and yeah you you left two hundred dollars like a thousand dollars ago you know like when when they're twelve hundred dollar phones which is just nuts actually to be fair i think the two hundred dollar sticks in my head because that's all you had to put down to get the new phone because they were subsidized but that's another thing part of that whole generation like the millennials really did kind of grow up, you know, during a time of, uh, you know, the, the ones that were closer to the end of the nineties and the early two thousands, you know, probably more like mid born, you know, mid nineties, late nineties. And things were like a lot different to you know, in my opinion, like, I feel like there was a lot more things that were kind of started to become more easily, easily handed out to people, you know, like where you didn't have to work as hard, like for things, you know, in a sense, uh, it was until you hit 2008, like things were pretty good. They were handing out houses to anybody, you know, like everybody could get a freaking house. And, and that's obviously what caused the, the, the big crash, you know, the, the real estate market crash in 2008. But like, it that stuff trickles over because now you know when you when people are just expecting handouts there's a generation of people who just kind of were handed things like easily and then all of a sudden you're kind of forced to to face reality and oh wait what do you mean like you kind you you kind of told me about this balloon payment but i really wasn't paying attention because my program was on my show was on i like i needed to watch that while we were signing the paperwork like eh, you know or i needed to finish this text conversation and you interrupted me no you know like it's just it's craziness and you know i I told you this episode was gonna be bad but 
hopefully you're still listening. But my point is, is I feel like, you know, the with the the baby boomers, like I think they get a great rap because I feel like they kind of were considered a hardworking generation. You know, like that's a generation of people who kind of were were at the booming stages of of mature manufacturing, you know, you know, with the between those 60s and then it kind of fell off. But then they had to kind of deal with that struggle. And obviously, like they had to deal with the recession. But I think they pulled out of that recession a lot better, you know, because they kind of had a better character, like they were taught better morals or or just better you know common sense is any of this making sense it's just frustrating to me because i feel like you kind of get defined by these generations but then some people would just resign to just kind of absorb it and be like yeah that's what i am yeah you're calling me lazy and say i live with my parents so what if you think that's what i'm gonna be that's what i'm gonna be just because you you said that's what i'm gonna be and it's just easier for me to be that, you know. So then you got the people who are in their 30s who just smoke weed and live in their parents' basement, you know. And they're they're okay with it. There's, like, no ambition behind it. Like, I remember, like, I used to hustle when I was, you know, 10, 9. Like, ho- however I could get money. Go help my grandmother clean the houses. You know, like, go sell candy bars around the neighborhood, you know. That you were supposed to be selling for the fundraiser, but you sold them for a little bit more, maybe, and you took, you know, skimmed off the top, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't happen. But you know, you, you go do the lawns, you go mow the lawns, and you shovel the driveways, you know. And no offense to my brothers, but my my youngest brothers, who are six years younger than me, like they didn't really do that kind of stuff. They kind of just got stuff, and they got to stay home a lot longer and live home a lot longer so that you know obviously like i've got some some feelings about that but i feel like it's it's a thing of that generation it felt like they were just kind of lazy like they 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 just didn't have a they weren't striving for for great things kind of you know like a lot of a lot of what i feel like was something that that people in the at least in the age group that i grew up in so i you know i was born obviously 81 early 80s and i grew up with like friends and i felt like we were all ambitious and we were all motivated to to make our own money and not have to depend on our parents and all wanted to do what we could to move out as soon as possible you know and i feel like that was something that was just kind of like how i was born i mean my i think my father had great work ethic and and taught that pretty well and my grandfather, you know, my dad's dad was like the same way. Like they always kind of said, like, work hard. Good things will come kind of, you know, and, and you got that that sense. My grandmother, like my dad's mom, like same thing, like obviously had us working, you know, and, and not like slave labor. You know, she's paying as well. And we, you know, we were out there doing doing like kind of dirty jobs and and earning money, you know trying to save up trying to to make it and I, like i i kind of feel like some of that work ethic gets lost you know and, and i think now like maybe some of the earlier millennials like maybe i don't know 
or or maybe they figured it out later. I, I don't know. Like I, you do see like, and that's the thing you can't really classify very easily. But there are millennials out there who do work hard and and kind of fall in line into that having good work ethic and and finding you know finding a way to make it and and make a living for themselves and have their own places and have their own things and and you know that that kind of makes me proud like to think that at least that's still instilled in some people because you know I feel like it gets lost in other people and I don't want to like cause a rift and some people won't agree with this but like I think marijuana is like <laughs> one of the biggest contributors people who like just go out and and who people who make smoking weed uh, a central point of their life like i think it just sucks the motivation out of things i witnessed it firsthand like i i lived with a guy well a kid you know we were teenagers uh when i first met him well no i guess it was early 20s but late late teens early 20s but i i lived with a, this this guy that essentially that was the center of his universe and like he just had no motivation and no no ambition like you know the the ambition always seemed to be somehow related to marijuana and that always was was hard and like it was hard for me to you know kind of sit back and, and watch it and you know there was the times when I had to deal with the nonsense of you know the parties when I needed to get up early like I think I've told that story and and you know and obviously when it became a gateway drug into like cocaine and these guys are selling it and then next thing you know you got bounty hunters after you kicking doors in sticking a shotgun in your face asking where the dude was and you know and you're just like man like i just wanted to, to to go to sleep and get up and go to work and just keep my nose clean and i gotta deal with this shit excuse my language this this stuff but that was a problem for me and it was and and i i'm obviously going on a rant about pot like but like i think it was a major contributor to it because again if everything is done in moderation like i don't feel like that's one of those things that people can figure out how to moderate like unless you were like for whatever reason uh, you go to amsterdam and you go and you know smoke some, some marijuana one of those marijuana bars or whatever you call it in Amsterdam and that was just like you did that for like a vacation you did it one time or whatever like I don't know you know like okay fine you know but I'm I'm talking about the people who that's what they they wake up thinking about when they're gonna smoke it and they go to bed high you know and they repeat the next day and you know I remember being like furious because I was working in this restaurant. I was a, a, a kitchen manager or I'm sorry, a shift supervisor. I was a shift supervisor. Um, I still worked in the kitchen, but I actually said to my friend, I was like, you need a job. I was like, Hey, come on down. Like I can help you. And I was taking it all seriously. I was like, you know, I'm dressed up in my, my business attire, like for the job. And he comes down to interview and he was high. Oh my gosh, did that drive me nuts? It was like of all the most disrespectful things you could do, like you show up high to an interview. Like I know like you're thinking, well, it's my friend, I'm a shoe in. 
But here's how bad the situation was at that restaurant. Because the general manager still ended up hiring him. Even after I said, you need to send him home and tell him to come back when he's not high. And then maybe, maybe give him another chance at an interview. He hired him. And I was, and I mean, that was kind of a testament to the kind of general manager he was. I think they smoked weed together. Anyways, well, that was later on. But that was just the, I mean, that's the restaurant business for you. You know, you know, it's like <laughs> shaking my head kind of situation. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, to some degree, you got to consider the source of what's causing lack of ambition. And that's kind of my rant about marijuana. So I really ended up doing this episode because I got into a kind of a funny, I guess, conversation slash debate slash rant about millennials and how I made some kind of comment at work to a couple co-workers about about not liking millennials and then you know one of them like a friend of mine basically was like but you're a millennial and I was like no I'm not and he's like yeah you are and and like I said when I was born he's like yeah I'm pretty sure you're a millennial and and I was a little bit shocked because I really thought always really thought I'm generation x because of of the year I'm born but you know, it was kind of a funny conversation, you know, slash I was on the fringe of offending somebody because I was kind of talking trash about millennials and, you know, more or less in my defense of my own, you know, character and not feeling I belong in the millennial categorization. And, you know, so that was really, that was really why I kind of went into this ramp. But then, you know, my, this friend of mine said, you should do an episode about this, you know, because it is about kind of finding your identity. If you think about it, you know, more or less, you know, how do you stand out amongst your peers is a part of finding your identity. Like some people kind of feel like they, they just kind of blend in, they go with what their peers like, you know, I feel like I have varying things depending on the the subject because, you know, with football, like I, I, you know, kind of lean towards, being on the same page as my brothers and my father because we all like you know football and you know me and my brothers like the patriots and you know of course i'll alienate a bunch more people alienate the potheads and alienate everybody that's not a patriots fan but it is what it is don't listen to this episode so you know i tend to kind of lean that way and i think uh, you know, that's kind of a testament to, to that particular subject because those are the peers in my life that, that also like it. You know, when it comes to technology, it's like I've got friends, you know, some people that I work with, uh, you know, some friends that we all kind of lean towards Android, you know, and, and that's kind of what's identify, you know, we're identifying as Android users. And, you know, I think I had gone on a little bit of a rant during that episode I did about, you know, uh, iPhone versus Android. And, you know, mainly because it it is a part of your identity. Your phone is such a major part of your identity. You carry with carry it with you everywhere. It's like you always have it within hand reach, you know, if not, you know, you know, you know where it is and you can go and get it as soon as you need to know something that that's on that phone, that phone provides you life and, and no, not air, but 
you know, and access a portal to your your outside world, you know, but that's kind of another example because that that in that subject, there's people identify identify with that are also Android users and that like the whole ecosystem. So it, I think it depends on the subject. You know, you're you're gonna have people who who lean the same way as you when it comes to politics and you know your whatever kind of other kind of beliefs like you you've kind of you're going to find people who kind of share those beliefs and you're going to gravitate towards them you know and there's some people who are super extreme to the extent where they only associate with people that have the certain you know similar beliefs or or likes when it comes to certain things but you know i, I think to have a well-balanced identity in a sense, and I can coin that, throw that on a t-shirt, you know, you're looking for a balanced identity. You know, I think you got to kind of gravitate towards the people that it makes sense to gravitate towards when it comes to certain subjects, but it doesn't mean that those are the only people that you're going to associate with period, you know? So, you know, that's kind of, that's how I ended up on this episode. And that's kind of how I feel like it relates to finding your, your identity, you know, because you got to kind of examine yourself and your peers and figure out how they fit in your life and how they help you make up your identity. Now I'm going to kind of end because I'm, you know, going down this path of millennials, but I'm going to end this, this last segment is going to be about how marketers kind of you know, this is actually from inc.com or, or Inc. Magazine or whatever you want to call it, Inc. short for Incorporated, but it's just INC. They have an article called 27 Expert Tips for Marketing to Millennials. And, and of all the articles that I kind of came across, this one stood out to me because it's, it's <laughs> well, you'll see. So the number one thing is make sure your product is Instagram worthy. I mean, what's that kind of say about millennials and the millennial generation that they just feel like, you know, they're just completely hooked and fixated on Instagram. And if it's not an Instagram, it's not important. I mean, you got an entire new category of or classification, uh, job classification is the word I'm looking for because of Instagram influencers. People are getting paid money to just talk about stuff on Instagram or show pictures or, you know, show support for things on Instagram and, you know, an Instagram influencer that became the name. That's an actual thing. So, you know, that being said, it's kind of like amusing to me, you know, but marketers recognize it and they say your product will do well if you can appeal to people who are, you know, on Instagram, who can find your product through Instagram. So, says a lot about millennials and you know hey you are what you are i'm gonna let you be what you want to be man come on so the next thing number two is let your audience be let your audience be your star so oh okay interesting as i'm kind of reading this <laughs> it's so funny you should hear this but i'm not going to tell you no i will tell you but you know Essentially, that just means let the audience fall in love with the product and then they'll just kind of help you promote it because they're just going to talk about it. You know, that's essentially how things kind of blow up, you know, socially, virally. Now, again, uh, optimize content for social. You know, it, it needs to be something that 
can be short, essentially, for short attention spans. Not saying all millennials have short attention spans, but they do. And, you know, you want to focus on word of mouth. So that's, again, that's kind of this viral concept. You know, you want to actually meet with them in person. Now, it used to be that a lot of advertising and marketing happened through television. You know, that's obviously shifting in a Netflix world with no advertisements. It's a little bit, it's a little bit harder to get people's attention. You got to get out in public. You got to like, you know, you got to go to where you can find millennials. Usually they're clustered under a bridge, you know. So you just kind of find them and you kind of get out there and you market to them that way. And you hope it goes viral. If you got a product that's catchy, you know, that's going to be flashy or, or it's going to make them feel like they have to have it and then they, they have to have it and then go brag about it to their friends, you know. That's what they that's what they they look for. So, you know, I, I think you got to also like, the, the, you know, the next thing in there is, you know, give them says give them an instant response. You know, I think a lot of that is you it's like that uh, the, the feedback loop. It really needs to be like a short kind of feedback loop kind of thing, you know, where you're going to let them try the product. This is how I'm interpreting this. I don't I didn't actually you know, do any due diligence here, but I'm interpreting that to be if your product sucks, you're going to find out really quick because all of a sudden it's not going to sell or, or you're going to get the negative response where all the Instagram and social media talk is trash talk. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta fix it right away. You gotta be on top of it as soon as it's a problem. And then you gotta actually fix it right away. So this episode is a hodgepodge of crap, right? So now I'm talking about you know, marketing strategies, but Hey, whatever, maybe you'll gain something from it. You know, again, and it actually says that the next one is, you know, make your can, uh, your campaigns adaptable. Again, you got to be able to pivot. I think that's with anything. And, and here's the funny thing, because the millennials, this group of people, the younger generation, I hate, I, I want to stop saying millennials because it's starting to bug me, but the younger generation, this group of generation that's, you know, within the last 20 25 30 years you know so talking strictly people who are in their 20s maybe early 30s mostly in that 20s range they can have a big impact on your business if they don't like something and if they do like something right so you know if and if you screw up it's going to be instantaneously known around the world that you screwed up so you got to really consider that stuff you know, these people who are out there trying to get their side hustles and you're dealing with with the shared economy and those apps have instant feedback ratings like you can easily get, you know, shunned basically from doing whatever you're doing by screwing it up so bad that you get, you know, negative rating and then people just don't want to have to deal with you, you know, or, or don't want you, you, you to provide them business or whatever. So you got to be careful. Um, there's 27 of these things. I'm not going to read all of them. So I'm skipping. Uh, let's see. You gotta seem authentic, you know, and you gotta try to build trust, which I think that should be for any generation. Stop leaving out the important generations. Don't just focus on the millennials. You know, be transparent. Don't sell products. Sell your purpose. That's a generic marketing crap. But you know, eh, I don't know about that one. I I think there's something to be said. You know you want to sell the purpose of it, but like in essence, then it's, you're selling the product. 
you're you're showing this product and this product does this stuff. So, you know, like you're just kind of splitting hairs, but whatever. Um, I'm just being a cranky pants today, aren't I? And I, uh, let's see, be authentic, make it post worthy. Uh, let's see, find alternatives to traditional ads. So again, here's a little secret. Anybody can buy a Facebook ad or a Google ad or a Reddit ad, you know? So you want to do it well. You don't want to just go out there and, you know, just throw crap at the wall kind of situation. You know, you want to, you want to actually, you know, make sure that your marketing dollars are being well spent, you know? So that's where maybe you are paying somebody to, to promote it through Snapchat or WhatsApp or what's that, or this, that, or Insta app or whatever, face bat, something like that. But maybe that's what you're doing, right? So if that's the case, then make sure you're, you're tracking it and you're checking that response rate and immediately pull the campaign if it's not doing well. Don't just continuously let it run. You know, back in the day, like a marketing strategy used to be kind of uh, to keep things fresh, just kind of run old campaigns. And actually, I was just watching, uh, what was it? Well, I think it was a, a, I think it was one of the Sunday night football game. It, or maybe it was one of the middle of the day games, but forget what what time frame this was on but whatever i was watching it oh actually no it was on it was like freeform um and it, had, it was like a, a one of those halloween movies anyways they had a tootsie pop commercial which is like this throwback it's like i remember this tootsie pop commercial you know with the owl and the little boy and he's like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie roll pop and the owl is like, let's see. And he goes, one, two, three, bites it. And he goes, three, and hands a stick back to the kid. Classic, classic freaking commercial. Like, and just so well made. And they're still airing it. And that just blew my mind. I was just like, wow. You know, they didn't even, like, refresh it. You know, they still show the M&M commercial with the Santa and M&M's meeting and you know, and then both like saying, Hey, you do exist. He does exist. And they pass out. Well, you know, the red and the Santa, but yellow is just like, Santa, what's going on? But anyways, I saw, I, 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 I digress and I get sidetracked easily. That's probably a millennial quality. Sigh. So let's see what else. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, this is an interesting one. So appeal to FOMO and frugality. Well, the FOMO, more importantly, fear of missing out for all you baby boomers, um, FOMO. So that, that was an interesting thing because that one is really like, and I think part of uh, the 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 strategy has existed for a long time but it's just kind of taken on a new name but it's really just controlling the supply chain and creating demand by not providing enough of the product you know the nintendo switch did this when it first came out where they just didn't nintendo is notorious for doing this we're only putting out a certain amount and then creating this demand because there's just no more units but they just they purposely didn't manufacture enough and that was part of their whole strategy you know they cover that in that in a great book called console wars uh but you know that's a great strategy but that should be a great strategy for any generation not just the millennials they don't get they don't 
own FOMO. Maybe one of them marketed uh, or coined it. Let's see. Focus on reviews. That's a key thing. You know, eh. establish sincere relationships with influencers. <laughs> I don't like that one. Let's see. Listen to them. Utilize influence. Oh, come on. They're just repeating stuff. Man, this article was must have been written by a millennial. Oh, I'm hating on millennials because I am one, I guess, according to math or English or whatever, classifications in marketing. That's enough. That's enough. Let's cut this stuff out now. Stop talking trash, trash talking. So the moral of the story is don't be that guy or girl. Be what you want to be. You don't have to fit into a generational category. That's just not what you need to do in order to find your identity. It's good to know. I think it's it's fascinating if you study marketing or took marketing classes, how you're marketed to, and then you still think, well, now I know, so it will happen again. But it still happens. You still get targeted. And, you know, it just so happens that... It's just one of those things that the, they're good. Marketers are good at their job, you know, and there's, you know, somewhat proven methods and science behind it. So moral of the story is don't fall victim. Don't be victimized by marketers. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Now, you know, buyer beware and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I hope you hated this episode as much as I did. But I think uh, the next episode will be better. So, you know, come back if you want, whatever. You know, I, I, uh, I gave the, the non-listeners some, some, some time away. I gave them all passes to go visit their families. You know, I'm being nice. They're supposed to be back by now. None of them will come back. But I know where they live, and they'll be tracked down. So, yeah, I'm not high. I just want to get that out there. I'm, I'm not high. I don't do drugs. So if you thought I might be high for this episode, I just told you why you shouldn't smoke pot. So believe me when I say you, I'm not high. And until next time, this is Finding Your Identity, and I hope you did that. I know this was a fun episode for me to make, and I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, this is Finding Your Identity. Goodbye. Oh, actually, no, one more thing. I'm just going to throw this in here. I worked on that farm I mentioned, and there was, you know, I worked for my cousin, and his father worked there. And, you know, I, I remember after our shifts. I guess this is my story for today. I'm throwing it right in after I said goodbye, but I'm not saying I didn't say goodbye yet. So, you know, it's not officially over, but you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. But he, he was kind of a, a zany character. He kind of a little bit grumpy, like a little bit mad at the world, but sometimes funny. It was always my goal to try to make the dude laugh. Like I always want to make him laugh. Because <laughs> it felt like you'd be cracking a statue, but he did occasionally. But so towards the end of 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 the summer, you know, there'd be days where we'd pretty much be wrapping up. I started 
five thirty in the morning. So, you know, we'd be finishing up around two thirty or something like that, two thirty, three o'clock sometimes, unless we were out bailing hay and then we didn't finish until we got all the hay in the barn. Otherwise you just can't go. Even if that's nine o'clock at night and you're using truck headlights to stuff the barn. But we'd be standing around in our shop and we'd kind of just be like you know, killing a little bit of time, maybe like be hanging out for like 20 minutes, half an hour. And it was really like, everyone was kind of waiting to see who would like leave first, I guess. Cause I always kind of waited for my cousin to basically say we could go, but it was always my cousin's father who would say, well, I suppose. And he'd walk away and he'd get in his car or his truck and he'd just drive away. And I always look at that and it always cracked me up because I'm just like, he didn't say goodbye. He didn't say I better like I'm going to go now. He just said, well, I suppose. And that was his basically his goodbye and saying it's time to go. And sometimes I'd actually end up having to stay and finish doing some other other work because he'd sometimes just do that, you know, like 12 o'clock or, or right after lunch and decide he supposed that it was time to go. But it was just a funny saying. So I shared that in this extra minute here so on that note thank you for listening to finding your identity as i'm saying it again and well i suppose